0: Come, Holy Spirit, come. Take our minds and think through them. Take our lips and speak through them. Take our hearts and kindle in them the fire of your love. Amen. If you are like me, you came to church this morning... Maybe before the service started, if you arrived in time, you said a few prayers and uh, didn't quite have time to read the notices yet, and the sermon came and a stranger climbed into the pulpit and you wondered, who is that man? I am Scott Gunn, the Executive Director of Forward Movement, a ministry of the Episcopal Church, specifically of the Presiding Bishop of the Episcopal Church. We are Well, known among some people in the church for a little devotional booklet that we publish called Forward Day by Day, a daily devotional, a way to nourish people seven days a week. That's now available not just in a printed book, but for smartphones and on Twitter and on the web and all sorts of places. But our real reason for existing at Forward Movement is to strengthen the life of the church, to nourish disciples, followers of Jesus, and to equip people to share the good news with the world. So with that infomercial aside, I, uh, am, I've come out to Arizona for a couple of reasons. One is that uh, in Cincinnati, where I live, the summers can be humid and, and unpleasant, so I thought I would travel some to escape the heat. Ah, <laughs> uh, the best laid plans. Uh, but I also have some meetings on Tuesday with the bishop and others, and it's uh, delightful to be out here and to experience the vibrant life of this place and the Diocese of Arizona again. So thank you for having me here. Jesus today in the gospel has some things to say to his followers, expectations of them. There's some scary stuff in there. Words about a a lamb amidst the wolves, Satan falling. There's some scary words in there but if we think about it a little bit, I think there's something that's also scary that might not register at first. And that is that Jesus is not just talking to his followers then, and not just to a few of them. He's talking with us today, and not just with a few of us, but with perhaps all of his followers. You see, when it says, the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few, he's talking about this whole wide world that's hungry for good news, that needs to hear the proclamation of the kingdom and saying there aren't very many of us relative to all those people. And when he says he sent out 70, that might be comforting at first. One could think, well, this is, the Episcopal Church is a big place. There are lots of people here. So 70, that must be somebody else. (laughs) I'll be 73 on the list. Thank you very much. But in fact, That word 70 or 72, it's sometimes translated, um, is biblical language for a lot. I think a more accurate translation for that word into English besides 70 would have been a bazillion. And some commentators even say that 70 means everyone. So let's read this a little differently and hear this as Jesus giving us advice about going into the world now it starts to get a lot more real. Go into the world, carry nothing, expect danger. Those are his words to his followers then and now. Carry nothing, expect danger. Quite often in my experience when we start talking about the obligation that we Christians have to go into the world and minister in Christ's name, to proclaim the good news, to to proclaim the kingdom of God, to share God's love, Uh, I will speak only for myself, I sometimes start to rationalize why I might not be able to do that. Well, I don't know how this person would receive the good news. I don't have the right equipment, I don't have the right time, I don't have the right stuff. It's not my gift. But Jesus doesn't have any asterisks here. He says, carry nothing. In other words, you have what you need. You don't need stuff, you just need God's presence, and we always have that. We always have God's presence with us. Two weeks ago, I worshipped on Sunday morning in Kenya. I was in East Africa on a medical mission trip as the chaplain. And while I was there, I had an occasion to have a conversation with a leader in the church in Kenya, in the Anglican church in Kenya. And this man has traveled some to the United States, so he's pretty familiar with the Episcopal Church. You all have probably read the articles about how The Episcopal Church as a whole denomination is slowly and steadily shrinking, even though some places are growing and thriving. But as a whole, the picture is not one of rosy health. And I was talking with this leader about the church in the U.S. and the church in Kenya, and we had quite a heartfelt conversation about our mutual challenges, the the things that we face together, the, the strengths that we both have, and some of the differences between our churches. He made an observation that I think is true and I've been thinking about it ever since. This man said that the challenge that we particularly have here in the United States in the church is that we have too much. Because we have too much stuff, we have lots of food and, and we know where we'll sleep and we have all the stuff that we have in our culture, because we have too much, we can forget that we depend on God. And we begin to think that we don't need God, that what matters is our paycheck and or our our income and, and the things we buy and the things we have. And that in church, we have this glorious place and other churches like it. And we begin to think that that this is what matters. And what he said is that because you have so much, you can forget that you depend on God. But here in Kenya, he said, most people don't have enough. And so we in Kenya are reminded every day throughout the day that our survival depends on God, that everything we have depends on God. And for that reason, we never for a moment take God for granted in our lives. I've been thinking about that a lot since then, thinking about how in my own life I get comfortable and complacent and begin to take God for granted. I've been thinking about the church and what it might mean if we sometimes didn't take God for granted. Because my experience is that those moments in my own life and in the life of congregations those moments when we remember that we depend on God are the best moments of life. We remember that all of the love that we have to offer and that we receive comes from God, that the true joy of this life and the life to come is from God, that every breath comes from God, that that the beauty of this creation we live in comes from God, that all of these things are blessings from God. God. And I've been thinking about what it might mean to just keep that front and center that we depend on God. And the flip side of that, of course, is that all this stuff that I tell myself I need, I don't really need. And that as a Christian, I have everything I need to minister in Christ's name in the world. I've been really wrestling with what he said to me and thinking about what that might have to do with my own life. Jesus also says to his followers and to us to expect danger. That when we minister in Christ's name in the world, it won't always go smoothly. We are blessed here in the United States to be able to worship freely and to come to church without worrying that we risk our lives. We could take that for granted. Perhaps that's a good thing to remember on this weekend when we're singing some Independence Day hymns and the flag is here. But today, as we are sitting here safely, there are Christians around the world who risked their lives to come to church. Places where it is not safe to be a Christian I wonder how our perspective is different from theirs and what it might mean for us to get rid of the expectation that safety is what matters, to realize that hope is stronger than fear. In our context, maybe it's helpful for us to read this as not so much expect danger, but don't expect it to be easy. Jesus never says it's easy to be a Christian quite the opposite. He says it's demanding, it demands our entire lives to be Christians. So I wonder what it would be like if we took easy out of the equation. Again, I won't speak for anyone else, just for myself, I know that I sometimes rationalize. I'll say, well, I know that I should tithe, I should give 10% of my income and then some to do God's work in the world. But that's hard, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to aim for this because this is a little safer than 10%. Or I'll think, well, you know, I know that, that Jesus tells me to serve him in the least of those in the world, the people who are most vulnerable and at the margins of society. So that's the standard. But I'm going to tell myself a reason why I don't have to do that all the time. I'm busy. I've got places to go, things to do. I'm not sure what will happen if I take care of this person. It might not change anything. I rationalize not doing the thing that Jesus tells me to do. Or I know that my task as a Christian is to share the good news of God in Christ, to share the news of our redemption from sin, of true joy. I know that that's my job, but I'll say, well, you know, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. I'm not sure that I know the right words, so I'm going to settle for somewhere down here. But Jesus challenges us for us. He never lowers the bar. He always says, try for the hard stuff. Convenience and safety and ease are not part of the equation. So when he sends us into the world, he tells us to carry nothing and expect danger. Or the flip side of that is, when he sends us into the world, he tells us that we have everything we need to minister in Christ's name. I know that here at the cathedral, you're in the middle of a search for a new clergy leader. I don't know a lot about the cathedral. I've talked with Mark some and... and. Uh, Your former dean, Nicholas, uh, is an acquaintance of mine in the church, so I've heard a little about this place and its vibrant ministry. But without knowing very much, I can speculate that at a time of search and transition, it could be scary, frightening. Who knows what the future will hold? Things might work out differently than we expect. But the message of the gospel is that we have everything we need, that you have everything you need. That God's presence dwells here, and that by God's grace, somewhere in the world, the right person is receiving the call to come and serve here. And by God's grace, everyone who's here, a minister of the gospel, will find their call and their way of ministering in Christ's name in this place. We have everything we need. When I was a rector of a congregation, and I used to preach regularly, I would almost every week um, give a little bit of a homework assignment. So I'd like to, to do that here, a little something to try during the week. Now, I won't be back next Sunday to check on you. So, you know, it's, it's up to you. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that some of you who are regulars here will be sitting in the same place next week. <laughs> See? (laughs) Um, So, you know, check with the people around you and, and see how you did. So here's the homework. It's either really easy or really hard, depending on how you look at it. Sometime this week, call to mind Jesus' words, carry nothing. Don't expect it to be easy. And try to minister in Christ's name in an extraordinary way in the world. Go out on a limb, far out on a limb, way past where it's safe. Offer extravagant care for somebody who is vulnerable or lonely or who, need, who has great need. Make an extraordinary gift. Care for someone. Uh, find someone who needs to hear the good news that God loves them and that God has done great things in your life. And share that good news. See what it's like to go out way past the point of safety on that limb and minister in Christ's name. And I bet if if you do it, I know that every time I manage to get the courage to do that, it's a great blessing to me. Try that and see what it's like. Savor the joy. Share the joy with others. Share the joy with the world. Let us minister in Christ's name in the world. Carry nothing. Expect danger. It won't be easy. We have everything we need. Amen.